welcome to Secretly Timid. My name's John, and today I'm here with uh, Megan and with Ooh. Regina. Hello. Megan's in Kentucky. Regina is in Austin. I'm in Frisco, Texas. And the uh, featured song today is by Roadkill Ghost Choir. The song is called Classics Die Young. And uh, here's a quote from the band. Classics is my tribute to Dylan and the boss. That'd be the boss, Bruce Springsteen. And a reminder to myself to keep on moving forward through the dark days. The tone of the song was inspired by one of my favorite Springsteen tracks, Tougher Than the Rest. And I wanted to chase down that feeling I got from it. So they're... Uh, Album False, False Youth, etc. is out now, and they are on tour, and they're going to be in Austin November 8th at Stubbs Jr. Springsteen is not the boss of me. <laughs> you, don't like, so, you don't like Springsteen? No. No, Jersey can have him. <laughs> oh, I like Springsteen. No, I'm sure he's a really nice guy. I just think his music's garbage. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, wow. Even... Oh, calm down. Oh, because the night is Come a on, great song, and I think I believe he wrote that for Patty Smith. What song? Because the night. Uh, yeah, I don't like that song. Oh. Well. We have a comment from a listener that we're going to share. And if you ever want to comment on any of our new stories, you could do so by either commenting on Facebook page like Greg Blanchard did or by emailing, emailing us at letters at secretlytimid.com. So last week, we got into a little bit of, dis- of a discussion about circumcision. Um, and Greg has this <laughs> to say little bit. about it. <laughs> Greg says, I agree that parents need the autonomy uh to make their choices. Maybe things are different now, but in my lifetime, the pressure from relatives to approve of circumcision was overwhelmingly higher than the other way around. All their reasons were nonsense, especially so-called biblical arguments. Um, I don't agree with Greg. (laughs) And I know know Regina does, or Regina is indifferent, and I think (laughs) Megan agrees with Greg, possibly. Uh, I really just don't give a shit. (laughs) about that well actually i do want to i don't have a penis or a child so (laughs) thank god for both well i do want to kind of correct the record a little bit because i think on last week's show i mentioned uh that doctors at least i heard i didn't do the back checking to actually double check the statement but i remember aaron delberting and i having a conversation about doctors sometimes uh trimming a baby girl's uh, clitoris if it was too uh, large and then the the discussion that happened afterwards seemed like uh megan and cindy thought that i was referencing female circumcision which i was not okay so yes it was now literally I... just like just trimming you know the meat around the sandwich so to why say. why <laughs> john have I, some respect. But I, <laughs> it's, oh, but man, that shit more. bleeds like you wouldn't believe. Trust me. Have you snipped your clip? Yes. When? Why? How? It, it was an accident. The what? rest of that is none of your business. Oh, my God. Did well, you now I'm curious, like, why something sharp <laughs> was in that area. Dude, look, it just... um. It was just a, it was just, just a, a maintenance type thing, right? And oh, okay. And I oh, just, well, you yeah, know, I've, I don't like to use a a mirror when I'm doing shit uh, down there because I don't want to look at it. So, you know, the consequence is sometimes there's a mistake. 
or two that's made. And, you know, I don't think you really need a mirror to avoid you don't that know. type of injury. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not very flexible. Also, I'll tell you that, uh, that it, it's really, I mean, it seems like a big deal at the time, but two things that heal very quickly, the mouth and the genitals. So <laughs> thank God for that. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's evolutionary, right? You need to be able to eat and fuck. So nature makes sure that you are not inconvenienced for too long. <laughs> <laughs> Though I guess the final to, to uh, put a bow on circumcision, the reason why I'm so against it, besides the fact that it's permanent, um, you're permanently changing your child's body. There's just no medical reason for it. Like I can, I'm totally like I can get like if that's your religious beliefs. Like if you're, I think at the Jewish people they circumcise, right? And it's part of their religious practice. Am I correct in that? I yes, I don't so, know. Like that's different. It's called a brisk. Um, but isn't it supposed to keep things kind of more hygienic and clean? That's, that's totally bullshit. I mean, but you, you it can doesn't teach, feel like bullshit, but how no, do you, that's, how that's do you know? Nothing but propaganda. Cause if that, if that was really the case, then all these men in Europe and other places where it's not, you know, the general practice would be, okay. Have like, <laughs> but okay but, bacterial oh infections like, in their dicks 24 7 and they seem to be able to about take it? care of that area just fine what if you're thinking about it the wrong way though maybe it's not hygiene for the person whose penis it is but the person whose penis that's going into like maybe it's a hygiene issue for them well I'm, you know what I'm i hope that that uh, people practice basic hygiene, especially before they're intimate with somebody else. Even then, yeah, I, think that, hope, I think that's totally but... bullshit. I think this is just a hundred percent cosmetic. Okay, and you have to like there's still a risk of botched circumcisions where they cut too much skin off, and then the men have they 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 don't have a well functioning sex life for the rest of their life because they Wait, get painful then, erections. Then what happens? Like the skin, it doesn't. It's not. It, it's not elastic. And <laughs> so then they, when they get hard, it's painful. And I, do I can't believe that. we're talking about this again. <laughs> I can. It's totally Isn't that what the show is about? I mean, dick? it's kind of like, think about, don't you judge parents when they, when they pierce the ears of their toddlers? Like, why would you do no. that to your kid? I judge parents before that point. I judge them when they become parents. I'm like, you guys, What's you a, don't care about the population. It's a good thing. Problem. Cindy's not on the show today. I have Cindy. <laughs> no, <laughs> he knows how I feel. I have friends who's who have pierced their kids' ears. Um, yeah, it's not something I would do. But and even that, you can say that's not permanent, like circumcision is. You could say, like, well, if they have, if parents have the right to make the deci- permanent decisions for their children that is uh, that aren't medically necessary, then what if you know a tattoo enthusiast thought it was a good idea to get, have their baby get their first tattoo? I'm sure we'd be against that. Why? That sounds pretty rock and roll. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think the argument is that for an ear piercing, it's temporary pain, whereas like a tattoo would be ongoing, right? takes forever to get one of those. So I've heard. Mm, It's not so bad. No, it's not so bad at all. In fact, I'm thinking about Marty planning my next ones. It's not so bad for us though, because John and I are really tough and strong. So, 
Mm-hmm. No, babies. Babies might be pretty bad for Although babies. Every single yeah, time. Yeah, they cry a lot. Every single They're time I get a tattoo, the first thing that runs through my mind right as soon as the needle goes in is, why am I doing this? This sucks. Oh, every, every time? Every time. But then I forget about it. I think it's like, uh, you know. Every time the needle goes in or every time you no, decide like to sit down? No, like the very first time it does when I sit down. Okay. Right but not each... And then okay. it's just like, oh, my God, got go into your John, do you place. remember we went with you to get your first tattoo? And I stood we outside and cried. <laughs> Which one? My very first one? Mm-hmm. In the back of the barbershop? Yeah. Some, like, back alley garland. Yeah, it was totally a whole- back alley barbershop in, like, Garland, Texas. My mom knew a guy. <laughs> I remember thinking, where the fuck is Garland? <laughs> How do I get... How do I get away from there? Speaking of Garland, Garland was in the news. There were two shootings in Garland uh, recently. Oh, only two? So that's why it's in the news? Well, I mean, the nature of it. I think there were, one was at a high school. It was a high school fight situation. Um, I don't think it actually happened on campus, but, you know, it's one of those where people were upset. And then another one, I think a woman was just shot in the head outside of her home. Jesus. Yeah. So what have you guys been up to before we get into hot topics? (laughs) So she was shot uh, in the head outside of her home. What have you guys been up to? Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, a friend of mine brought to my attention that the last three weekends we have spent every Saturday night in some weird situation. Um, What better way to spend a Saturday night, though? Yeah, well, like three weeks ago, we slept on an air mattress in what essentially was a laundry room. And then last Saturday... Uh, or two weeks ago, we slept um, on a friend's couch. And then last night we slept in hammocks before a storm came in and pushed us out into the morning. So yeah. I have a question. Fun times. I'm a little tired because we didn't sleep very well. <laughs> I have a question. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Well, Which one, we were part? being responsible and not driving drunk. And then why not? Why not sleep in a hammock? Wait, like in the parking lot of the bar? Is that what you're talking about? No, at a friend's house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I played poker last night. I played on- How'd you do? I played online first. I played three tournaments. Uh, I played one, uh, two sit-and-goes and then one multi-table sit-and-go. Um, I know some portion of the audience will understand what I'm talking about. I won one of the, one of the small one-table sit-and-goes, lost the other one, and then finished third in the MTT tournament, which is cool. Then I played live, and I was out seventh. And I did the whole thing. I uh, tried that Instagram story thing. I still don't know if I'm doing it correctly, but I was a lot of fun. How many hours of poker was this, John? Um, the online portion was only maybe two hours. Oh. Uh, the live portion, we started at 5.30 and I got home at 11. And wow. they were still going. So yeah, the live, live just takes a lot longer. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun though. What about you? Well, true. What about you, Megan? Yeah. What? What'd you do? Uh, this weekend? Or last week. Anything oh. fun you want to share? Well, let's see. With your fans. Uh, I, my fan. My <laughs> fan. Uh, I, I really didn't do much. I went to work. And I work 10-hour days. So I work Monday through Thursday, 8 to 6.30. And then every Friday I have off. So 
yesterday I drove around aimlessly in the country trying to wait until bedtime came. Because <laughs> I just want my life to be over Aww. every day. Uh, again. It's going to get better. <laughs> it's got to because, well, actually it has been worse. It's, it is, it's already getting better. Um, what did I do on Friday? Mm-hmm. Shit, what did I do on Friday? Oh, I got my oil changed in my car. The end. I got my oil changed in my car, too. Actually, I got the uh, 40,000 mile checkup thing that cost $300. Bullshit. That was fun. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I, I'm buying a this week. Well, yeah, it was like changing of filters and uh, flushing of stuff. Nonsense. And, I hate yeah. I hate that. But taking you for a ride, John. Well, I mean, it's good for what the guy explained was like, well, once you get this done, it'll be uh, 10,000 more miles before you have to do it again. And so I thought, okay, good, sign me up. Mm. Although I noticed a clean new air filter makes my car smell like it's brand new. Well, that's if you only have 40,000 miles, it's practically brand new. Yeah. But you don't need to do anything else in 10,000 miles. That's ridiculous. Should be like 80. How many miles are between your oil changes? Oh, I don't go by that. I just go by when the car tells me it needs an oil change. Oh, John. It's like a year and a half. (laughs) Breaking my heart, buddy. (laughs) Why? Wait, does your car tell you? It's like, it's time for an oil change. Or you wait till like a, a alert comes up like a, until your alert. engine's overheating that's what you're supposed <laughs> to do when you have these new cars that have all the sensors inside it says hey it's time oh. for an oil change if not i'd be doing it way too often you should, in fact there were some people on my facebook page that said with these new cars you should you could theoretically never get an oil change ever again oh no way that's bullshit Maybe you're bullshit. It depends on if you're using conventional <laughs> or synthetic, but you should be getting an oil change like at least every like 5,000 miles. So I mean, if you have synthetic, money, you can wait, go wait, longer. Wait, wait, wait. Let me get this correct. So you're up my ass for doing what the manufacturer suggests to do at 40,000 miles, saying that they're taking me for a ride, yet uh-huh. you want me to take my car in every, what, five? Three to five if you're using a blend or conventional. Instead of trusting the vehicle saying hey our sensors say it's ready for an oil change so i'd be going to the i'd be getting an oil change like twice as many times how do you know that sensor is functioning properly because it's that's what it's supposed to be doing you don't want it to function properly because the manufacturer is setting how frequently you're going and i'm guessing you're taking it to the dealership right no oh i take it to where are you going quickie car what's Oh. Or a quick car. <laughs> my my argument is now moot. <laughs> You're doing exactly the right thing, and your life is on the right track, John. Thank you. Oh, let me promote. So next week we have uh, a special guest is going to be on the show that I'm very excited about. Her name is Jamie Matlock. She's the founder of a nonprofit called Austin's Autistic Adventures. Um, and she's going to be uh, talking about the foundation, what they do, what their mission is, and she's uh, going. They're they're going to be uh, uh, fundraising, so she's going to promote that too. I'm really excited. Jamie and I went to school together, even though we uh, never met. 
but somehow we became Facebook friends. And, uh, and yeah, so it'll be our first time. She's, she's Skyping or she's coming to your she's place? She's going to be here. She's going to be in person. And you've never met her before? I've never met her before. So she could possibly murder me. Yeah, I was going to say, or have you considered that? But Otieno will be here and he's, he's, uh, he's pretty fit. Yeah. I mean, you're pretty fit too. I'm just saying, like, Two two people against one is better better <laughs> odds. I don't know how fit Jamie is, but she's pretty fit. She used to be a professor, and she actually uh, stopped <laughs> doing that. Uh, professors can be fit, Megan. What oh, is that? Come on, I just dated a professor who was not at all fit. <laughs> I dated a professor too, and he was very fit. He wasn't my professor though. That would be weird. It would be very or totally weird. normal, I guess. <laughs> Unethical. Are. Gotta get that A. Dr. Matt Piercy. That's now I'm that's not editing I'm not, I'm not editing that name uh, out. All right. I'm not saying where just he works. So you know. He's just a that's Google a- away. My cat wants to be on my lap right now. So uh so so what are the topics? What are we Well that's what I was about to ask you guys if you were ready to get into hot topics, but I think Megan is, so let's go. Let's do it. Okay, so this first story comes courtesy of our listener, Joe, who wanted us to talk about it. So for the past three weeks, we've been talking... Get off of it, Rue. Sorry, my cat was on my papers. I think... Yeah, I think she's I, all up in your business. I think I made a mistake. <laughs> You're going to have to go back <laughs> to the ground, um, Bye, Rue. <laughs> so this, this story comes from Huffington Post, and it's kind of a local story. Texas Congresswoman says it's the responsibility of the female to prevent sexual abuse. Texas Congresswoman Eddie Bernice Johnson thinks women bear some of the responsibility in preventing sexual harassment and and abuse. Rep. Johnson told local news station NBC5 that she was disappointed and angered by the allegations of sexual harassment, abuse, and misconduct against Hollywood heavyweight Harvey Weinstein. The Democratic (laughs) Congresswoman, who represents Texas's 30th district, added that a woman's behavior, including the way she dresses, can invite sexual harassment and assault. Quote, I grew up in a time when it was as much the woman's responsibility as it was a man's. How you were dressed, what your behavior was. I'm from the old school that you can have behaviors that appear to be inviting. It can be interpreted as as such. That's the responsibility, I think, of the female. I think that males have a responsibility to be professional themselves. Rep. Johnson said that she believes sexual harassment and assault happen because women allow it. Quote, I think we also need to start talking about the power that women have to control the situation. There's law enforcement. You can refuse to cooperate with that kind of behavior. I think that many times men get away with this because they are allowed to get away with it by the women. Thoughts, women? Well, uh, I'm appalled. (laughs) I totally agree. I totally agree, Eddie. You are are right, sister. I think what we can... uh, the one truth we can gather from that is when she said she's old school. And so I think we should possibly give a little bit of empathy her way because that's how she was raised. Even if it was total, total bullshit. That's I was raised in the Lutheran of. church, which is also total bullshit. And I'm not doing that shit anymore either. Yeah. So. I'm not giving her a pass for failing to have evolution of thought in, uh, <laughs> 
in this regard. And okay, so Texas's 30th congressional district is south of and encompassing of Dallas. I was thinking maybe she's from like some podunk bullshit, you know. No, but I mean, those districts are gerrymandered as well, you know. So just yeah, but my point is, I mean, she lives in a fairly metropolitan area. but she's still a hundred years old, and I wasn't. I wasn't saying we need to give her a pass. Fuck she's no. hundred years old. We're not she also probably has the pass. internet, I assume. So maybe she doesn't. Uh, oh come on now. <laughs> uh, let's see. And she's a Democrat. Yeah, that's surprising. That's why it's so oh. gerrymandered, you know. And the, I think a lot of, I mean, this type of thought is, you know, I think it's around much more than we think of, just because we have a different generation where I think. Most of our peers can see that that is total bullshit. That men should be able to be- behave themselves. That a I woman just, should be able to walk bare, bare, yes, and bare assed in a place where you know such things are not against the law and not be grabbed by somebody. But that's not the world that we live in. And there are people that think, well, you know, if you didn't want your tits to be grabbed, they shouldn't have been hanging out. You know, total bullshit. I just don't. Uh, I don't understand how she expects we women to um you know defend against that as physically and mentally law enforcement uh, feeble as we are law enforcement because the police officers always believe women right and this was in response to her being quote angered by the allegations against harvey weinstein i think um i don't know what the premise of the interview was but i think more than likely you know i mean that's that's what a lot of news news people are asking all of our representatives, especially uh, female reps right now, like, hey, have you ever been sexually harassed? Um, and so th- that could have been what prompted I assume us. it's I a know. rhetorical question when someone asks that. Uh, will you go back to the part in the story uh, where it says something about interpretation? Uh, yes, she says, I'm from the old school that you can have behaviors that appear to be inviting. I'm, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll continue. So it can be okay. interpreted as such. So, but that's bullshit because some guys, I mean, so if, we're you, res- if you just, we're responsible for a dude's interpretation, yes. we're responsible for someone else's interpretation. Like what if I, uh, really hate blonde people? And every time I see one, I'm going to punch them in the fucking face. Like, is it their responsibility to dye their hair or wear a hat? Well, I was thinking more of, I mean, we live in a time where I've heard women say that they're polite to men, especially when they have advancements towards them, not because they want them to be interested, just because they're afraid that they're going to retaliate against them if they say no. Yes. I was... Like, I don't know how many weeks ago it was. It's a few months, actually. I was getting out of my car, and some dude in the car next to me who was getting in his car says something like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Not like in a, I would really like to know how you are, but like, <laughs> a, you know, you know. So I was like, oh, um, fine, thank you. And then I got in my car, and I thought, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you said thank you to a dude that was totally skeezing why did you say you asshole why did you say thank you what should you have said like uh fuck off <laughs> yeah 
yeah, I, I think or, you should have too. I mean, but I came up with a bunch of like funny things in retrospect, but uh, I thought maybe like I should say, oh, I was doing much better until you asked me how I was or something like that, you know? But there was that woman think about it. this year who turned a man down and she got shot in the head for it, you know? I mean that's that, that's an extreme consequence. That's not happened to me yet. <laughs> but how many but, times have uh, you heard that women, when they're alone in a bar or even with friends, and a and a dude is peeving on them, they'll say, "I have a boyfriend," as a way for that, him to get off, like I'm somebody yeah, else's property. You know, that doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. Well, it does, and it doesn't always work. Um, Fuck. I mean, I mean, I've pretended to be my female friend's boyfriends before in situations just like this. I don't know why I forgot about that, but I've totally done that before. <laughs> and they're like, hey, pretend you're my boyfriend. I'm like, How okay. believable was it? Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of the time that I went, <laughs> I went up to, uh, I was buying my first car by myself and I was, um, I was at a Honda dealership and, uh, the this male salesman was just like totally dicking me around so my quick thinking was to call ryan <laughs> and ask him to come like pretend be my boyfriend <laughs> at the dealership so he shows <laughs> up and we're looking at these cars and the salesman is talking to us and uh he did not believe that ryan was my boyfriend <laughs> oh fuck i can't um i can't explain that joke any further but Trust me that it was not a believable uh, bit. Oh, and speaking of Ryan, yes, he's been absent on the show. He got a job, so he's working Sundays, but we're going to work him in. So he will be back. Yeah. Ryan yes, friend. we yes. miss him on the show for sure. Terribly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, what's this woman's name? Edie or Eddie Johnson? I think Eddie. Edie, Edie, shame Bernice on you. Johnson. Get with the times. It's not a woman's fault if a guy sexually harasses or abuses another woman. And I even wondered, you know, there, there, there occasionally there are discussions on um, what you can do to prevent sexual harassment. Like they want it, they flip it so that it's your responsibility instead of. Flipping it the other way, like how we can teach our young men or people in power not to abuse their power. Well, right? I have a question for you. Are you like, as a man, somewhat insulted that to think that if a woman dresses a certain way that men just can't control themselves around them? I mean, no, but I have been guilty of um, in some work environments judging women if they dress what I consider to be inappropriate because I mean, I have in office jobs in my prior office jobs, some of the women that worked would would be wearing like club attire in a professional well, that's different that's just unprofessional yeah i mean you I can mean, so be judgmental that. in that way but and so i think you know you should be able to wear whatever the fuck you want if that means stilettos and a skirt that's all the way up to your you know vagina and like that you do you but i think time, it's i, like, I think yeah. it's glitter is where where the line oh, is drawn like glitter if, there, there if there's glitter in the office you know like this and you get the fuck are, out the shoes that have like the big platform and the stiletto heel and both are clear you know, it's like stuff like that. <laughs> Hold on a minute, though. You're talking about largely female-only dress codes, right? So, so 
it is equally as inappropriate if a dude shows up in like some fucking like metallic v-neck and some like bedazzled trousers i don't know what the yeah, fuck trousers you know it's funny my <laughs> what i don't know my current work environment the dress code for the men is much more strict than the dress code for the women or at least enforced um like i have to it's still really relaxed for most office environments um excuse me like i have to always i have to wear a collared shirt uh, Monday through Thursday, and then on Friday I can wear an appropriate T-shirt. And the women are not supposed to wear athletic wear, but a lot of women wear those tight yoga pants and like a sweatshirt. And like every day, every or day, just on Fridays, every single day. And um, I've been reprimanded for not wearing a collared shirt when I was actually wearing a. Uh, I think I have I talked about this on the show. I was wearing like a really nice uh, cashmere sweater, and I and my boss is like, "You need to wear a collared shirt," and I'm like, "But I'm wearing a sweater." like okay and it's cashmere for christ's sake and it's cashmere feel it it's so soft yeah. <laughs> it wasn't metallic though right no oh well. um i think that's where the line like like what are the reflective qualities of the material i think is well, should I mean, be part of the dress code in 2002 megan what is metallic still a thing uh you're asking someone who's never owned anything any metallic fabric ever so I, I don't know. Well, I'm going to make two that. final points on sexual harassment. Point number one, the producers of Project Runway need to get Zach Posen and fucking check because every single week it's getting worse and worse <laughs> and worse. Is he straight? No, he's gay as fuck. And I think that some, and we see this all the time, where gay men think that they, because okay. they don't yep. get sexual satisfaction from groping women that they're allowed to. Okay. I see this all the time. Well, not anymore because I don't go to gay bars as much as I used to, but I would see that at the gay bar all the time. Men grabbing women's chest and uh, I guess because A, they think that they're entitled to women's bodies, like most people do, and B, because it's like, well, I'm not getting, I'm not going to whack off to this later, so it's okay. I can, you know, pop a tip every once in a while. And um, at the same time... That's a very good point. I've seen, or I've had my ass grabbed by women before in gay bars, and I wasn't particularly offended by by it because it's just a, it's just different. But you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't even feel the the reason to point that in because it was kind of like a, uh, you know, what's that that thing where it's like, but they do it too. It's totally different. Forget I is said this, a thing. My also my maybe this is different point. because it's like national television. Right, so yeah. the audience is not uh, as selective as. Well, I mean, it's every like in a week. Game bar. He he, like well, every week he buzzes around every single model's attire, and he's either lifting the skirts up or he's grabbing the tits, like stuff that you don't need to do. You don't even need to feel the fabric. I don't think you can look at it. He already felt it. Uh, but I mean, he always because grabs he made a garment tits. out of it, right? He grabs it. No, no, he's a judge. So he's not. Oh, it. all right. But I'm just like well, every single week. That's I'm different. Chronicling it now on. I said that word wrong on my Instagram because it pisses me off. Like that's like I usually fast forward through like the makeup section of Project Runway because everybody does. And it's just an advertisement for L'Oreal and nobody gives a shit. But now I like I want to fast forward through the judges screening because it's just so it makes you feel disgusted. Is so Tim I, Gunn still on Project Runway? Yes, he's now one I of the producers. I love him. I adore him. He's great. 
he's got that vocal fry though that really bothers me like at the end of his sentences like uh like fizzles out like a kardashian designers a, a i used bothers. to be able to do a good tim tim gun impression oh and the second no, the but, second okay, so, point sexual harassment the one to make yes as far as it comes to me like i almost feel like this whole situation is not even a part of my world you know like i feel so it's because i mean it's sexual harassment's it's a different in my community so it's kind of just watching except you you we you have are a part of your world yes yeah um. i'm just saying like just for <laughs> me personally i'm not uh i like i one time the owner of the Dal- dallas voice grabbed my ass once and i thought it was weird but i didn't i my reaction was different than you know just because of the power dynamic well i mean it just goes to show i mean it really can't happen to anyone and happens to quite a few people i think is that part of the me too campaign that's going on right now i didn't yeah and and some men contributed it as well and to be perfectly honest i kind of felt like you know dudes nobody's saying that men aren't sexually harassed but now's the time for women to kind of uh show solidarity solidarity with other women so don't make it about you you know yeah, I see that. So that's why so, I didn't contribute. But I mean, I definitely saw everybody's contribution and I already knew that it was prevalent. But you were sexually harassed by a man. So, yeah, I mean, but, I think that's the point people are trying to make is like, uh, hey, dudes, get your shit together. Keep your hands off women. Don't keep your <laughs> your words to yourself. Nobody, Nobody wants to hear that shit, you know? But I guess my, in this context, though, my only point is that it was different for me than if I was a woman because yeah. I never felt physically threatened by this man because he was like 85 fucking years old. Um, and I was an intern anyway, so I had like a week left. So my job was not at stake. And, um, and I guess the way that my... I don't know. I don't know how to put this the right way. I understand way, what you're saying, for but sure. It's just kind of like that. It doesn't affect me. Diff- it affects me differently because that's such a rare occurrence that. What is? Being sexually harassed like that. Unless I go is out. Is it? I, it's different. I, I just want to say it's different. You know? It is different. You're right. Like, I. I didn't feel feel cheapened by the whole thing. If anything, I thought it was kind of like a thrill. Like, <laughs> look, that was weird, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so on the the uh, thrill was the wrong word. <laughs> I, I need to choose my word for <laughs> the in, just, uh, on the interpretation um, context that we were talking about earlier. So, if anybody who walks around with a face that looks like Zach Posen is Right for uh, sexual harassment and or an open hand slap by you. Well, actually, you know what? I posed this question to my friend Brian because we were talking about the Project Runway fiasco. And, and Is that a pun intended or no? What? Pose. Pose. No, that was totally unintended. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and one could say that like, these models are used, like they're they're used to to, you know people touching and grabbing them. But I would say, you know, if it was a All men's, women are. If it was a men's challenge, if it was a man's challenge, and let's say uh, 
there was one of one of the designers who was a judge was a lesbian, so she wouldn't get sexual satisfaction potentially, and she went up and cupped the male model's crotch area to feel the fit and to feel the fabric. You don't think that America wouldn't think that was weird? Because I think they would totally think that that was weird. It is fucking weird. And why would you need to feel it to be able to determine what the fit is? Like, yeah. if you can't if you can't perceive it by seeing it, then it doesn't fucking matter because people aren't going to walk around and like cup your junk to see how your pants fit you, like in <laughs> everyday life. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Yeah, there's no reason for him Some to people grab do their around chest. Me, there's no reason at all for him to grab their chest. No. And every single week, he is grabbing one of the models' chests. Is he straight or gay? He's gay. But that shouldn't even matter. It shouldn't even matter. You're right, It would John. still be weird. I, I agree if, it shouldn't like, matter, but I'm just, I don't know who Heidi this person Klum, is. I'm trying Heidi to get a feel Klum. for it. He's a fantastic designer, actually. I really like his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if Heidi Klum grabbed their chest, it, it wouldn't make it any better, you know? No, it's not okay. You're right. I mean, the only reason it would well, ever be yeah, okay but that's, is if they were buddies, because I mean, women, you guys grab each other's titties all the time, and that's normal. No, no we, don't. we don't. No, we don't. I don't even grab my own. I think it's gross and weird, and I don't want to do it. I don't You're even doing give it right now. Breast you have grabbed your Whoa. chest over and over this whole podcast. What? You grabbed them. You, no, 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 I'm doing right this. Now. It's my sweater. <laughs> so I just want to say one thing about this model situation. So I think there's two things kind of going on there. One, yes, we can say it's sexual harassment possibly, but it's it's treating the model as object, not mm-hmm. as a person. So it's to me, that's what's gross about it. It's yep. like like there's not a person with feelings inside that body. It's just something that clothes hang on and it's to be like touched and manipulated however he feels fit. And that's the grossest bit about um about fashion, right? Is that I mean they choose thin models because like couture fashion is like art, right? So mm-hmm. you want to, you, you want it to look as much like it looks on a hanger because that's the way you designed it. Because once you put somebody in those clothes, then it becomes something that's necessarily not your own, which is so disgusting. Yeah. Um, and you but we have I'm sorry, seen a surge in like, Larger models. Um, in fact, on Project One Way, they they do have uh, models of different sizes now, and they promote oh, that so, they promote so that generous. fact every single show. And then every Humanity. single show, the designers like, "Oh, I've got the plus size model. I've never designed for a plus size model before." Oh God! And we all roll our eyes. But as it comes to to sexual harassment on Project Runway. Do you think any of those models, if they did feel uncomfortable with that, that they had have any power at all to stand up and say, hey, Zach no. Rosen, stop fucking, you know? No, because if they're on Project Runway, they're not like, they're not in a position in their field to make their own decisions. Yeah. Like, you don't get to that point until you're where Heidi Klum is. Like, she decided to be on that show and she gets to call the shots. But before that point, there's really like, I mean, you do what the fuck ever. Yeah. Whatever they tell you is what you do. I mean, that's kind of the point of, I think, of all this stuff coming to light is women feel like they don't have agency when they've been victimized because they might lose their job or be socially maligned or any other number of consequences 
they're the ones that are most likely going to suffer and not the offender. Right. And, and actually, so how do we change that? With the modeling field, it's a, it's a sick irony, right? Because people say, I mean, it's one of the only fields where women usually get paid more than men do, right? So you're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, they own that field, but they don't fucking own that field. I don't know if the male models own that field. I don't know if anybody but the employers own that field. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're basically slaves until they get to a certain point where the name is recognized. And then they can start saying, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure they're regularly there, exploited in certain ways. All the time. I was a fashion intern for a while for a a certain local magazine that I will not name and I would book models and they'd come in and they just like tear each other apart trying to claw to get to this like very mediocre professional level that really didn't do anything for them at all. Yeah. Megan, well, weren't you a child model? Me? <laughs> no. I recall one photo of you. <laughs> no. I was not a child. I was 20 years old. And that with that yellow get up? Oh, no, no. That wasn't modeling. That was just my like normal everyday pose. Like somebody caught me very candidly oh. when I was wearing that outfit. Oh, wow. I thought that was totally like in a Sears catalog. <laughs> no, no, no. It it was not candid. That was a joke because who the fuck wears that <laughs> outfit, right? Uh, with a seamless background behind them. But uh, I was in a magazine once. I am not familiar with this story, and someone fuck? needs to get me up to speed real quick. So you were what just I, like what, a banana? What? No, 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 no. No, you saw the you saw the banana photo. I mean, that's that's on Facebook. You saw that. Surely. That was when I was a kid. But when I was 20, I was in a local magazine, like as a prop, essentially, because (laughs) I was the intern and they needed somebody. So I had to wear this like French maids outfit that I had. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. How long do you know this? How long have we known each other? I don't know how I missed this somewhere. Can you uh, please post a photo of that to the (laughs) Facebook page? Uh. I bet you this might have been in my like um, heavy pot smoking days. I have a feeling. You know what? If you ask Chris Mosley, I bet you he'll know what I'm talking about because I think I went to his house after that shoot, but <laughs> to <Chris>. cry. <laughs> Did you? Were you still dressed as a French maid? I was not because that needed to be returned to the costumer. I'm just flabbergasted that you agreed to wear such a thing. No, but okay. So to our point, right? Like I was an intern and I really wanted to be in that industry. So Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, fuck, I don't even wear shorts, but for you, I'm going to do this shit, uh, on paper, like in a a periodical, I'll do it right now. And so I did. And it was ridiculous. It was as ridiculous as it sounds. Do you want to know what else is equally ridiculous? Uh, Ryan and I modeled once in a, uh, get this, a black hair runway. You know, like that, that's hair show. <laughs> no, John, that's more I have so many questions. It was so <laughs> much fun. 
<laughs> we were dressed in like 70s get up and they put this huge blonde afro on me and i had to walk the runway in this huge oh my god afro and the crowd went wild (laughs) (laughs) the crowd went wild for this uh it was a black hair show so So, people in that industry i don't i don't know was it at a mall it was like at a trade show Mm. it was in mesquite was it at the world oh no 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 was it um were they mostly african-american the audience Yes. yes Were they offended? Uh, like, no, they thought it was funny. They thought it was funny. I mean, they applauded. I got a huge reaction. Well, when people <laughs> applaud, then they only mean something positive. Definitely. Uh, actually, you know what? They one of the guys did give me his business card and said that I should try to be a model. Back that was back in the day before drugs and alcohol took over, and my face got a. Oh, you're very pretty, John. <laughs> you could be a model. Uh, no. Uh, the only thing that I have going for me is the huge bags under my eyes are mm. uh, considered hot now because of Norman Reedus on The Walking Dead. Oh, good. Well, then so if it works that should him, work out maybe, well for me, too. <laughs> maybe it'll work for me. But it was funny, like last night when I was doing the Instagram stuff and I was looking at myself and I was thinking, oh, my God, these cameras are awful for my self-esteem because my skin looks like trash. Mm. Are you guys wearing sunscreen every day? I have a moisturizer with sunscreen in it. No, what is but SPS? I'm not in the sun. 30. That's good. Were you going somewhere with that, Megan? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> my, my my face is the only part of me that doesn't look, like, tired and ready to give out. Oh, I look, <laughs> I look so tired. I mean, it, it may also look like that. I don't, I don't know. There are two things I want to do as a group. One of them is... Uh-oh, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> I want to I want to get Botox with somebody. I think Cindy would probably be the only... No, Ryan would probably get Botox with me. Do you think Ryan would get Botox? I'm not saying that either Cindy nor Ryan need it, but, you know, as a, let's Would they be game is what you're asking? Yeah. Uh, probably. One of them would, and for sure. Oliver I bet Peck. Cindy would. I don't know about Ryan. You know, do you all guys know who Oliver Peck is? He uh, is one of the owners of Elm Street uh, Tattoo, Elm Street Tattoo in Deep Ellum. He's also uh, on Ink Master. I've been there, but I don't know him. Um, well, they have they had this like uh, like you remember those old like bubble gum vending machine things? We put yeah. the quarter in, and shit comes yeah. out. So for a hundred dollars, they have one of those, and, and inside there's like flash. You don't get to choose what it is, but it's only a hundred dollars. So you, they get a coin and, and then they tattoo whatever, whatever art comes out. No, no, I think it's no, great. That's... I think it's so much fun. No, it's not okay. It's fun in the moment, but like ten years later, it's not fun. It's an explanation you have to keep giving for well, the I, remainder of your life. It's that's... all going to be like American traditional flash. So it's all uh, you know, like the classic. What does that mean? Like the snakes, the anchors. You know, like American traditional. Which like, snakes? Like uh, which snakes? The like join or die snake, or like no. the. The don't tread on me snake because there's not a big fucking the, difference not, between those two. Not the don't tread on me. Snake. Was it like Sailor Jerry stuff? Yes, or? exactly. Or, yeah, or like the like a uh, pinup, you know, like the classic pinups. No, no, no. All right. Well, let's nope. move on to our next story. All right. Reset the timer. Uh, 
So this this story is also out of Huffington Post. Uh, why this Mormon mom opened an LGBTQ house a block away from a church temple? Uh, Larson opened the nonprofit nonprofit and circle LGBTQ Family and Youth Resource Center in downtown Provo, Utah in February. The center aims to be a safe, open environment for LGBTQ people in this deeply religious community and offers individual therapy and group counseling services as well as a variety of daily activities. Utah is the home of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and an an overwhelmingly majority of people in Provo are Mormon. Though LDS church leaders maintain that same-sex attraction is not a sin, members are expected not to act on such feelings. The church also opposes same-sex marriages. Larson, herself a Mormon, says she doesn't have a gay child and doesn't identify as LGBTQ, but over the years she witnesses that she witnessed the church's fraught relationship with the gay community affect her, the affect family after family until she felt she had to do something. Studies have shown that LGBTQ youth are at a greater risk of depression, suicide, and substance abuse than their heterosexual peers. Kids who are exposed to supportive and accepting communities and families are more likely to thrive, while those who experience rejection and bullying are at a greater risk of having problems in school and engaging in risky behavior. Larson's wants encircled to bring families of LGBTQ kids closer together and to foster understanding between them and the Mormon community. It's fitting that Encircle, housed in a historic blue Victorian, is located just down the street from one of Provo's two Mormon temples. The Mormon Church did not respond to a request for comments for the story. Last year, a rep for the church gave the following statement about Encircle to Huffington Post. Quote, it's good to see this historic property lovingly restored and used to serve people in the LGBT community. Uh, and she says, our church, the, or they say, our church, the Mormon church, is extremely important in Provo and affects everyone's life. Life. So instead of pushing against the community, we're trying to bring the community in and trying to work in their values to help them better understand and love LGBTQ people. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this story is a where we grew up. There was there was a pretty growing Mormon community. Huge, huge Mormon community. I lost one of my friends to it. Oh, like the abyss. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, that guy's a balloon now. <laughs> <laughs> It's not related, probably, but <laughs> he looks horrible, horrible. But I guess the reason why I wanted to talk about this is at first, like the first time I read that, I thought, oh, that's really sweet. That's a, that's a good thing this person's doing. But then after I read it, and this is just a snippet, I'll, I'll post a link to the full interview that, that our listeners can read and judge for themselves. But I just had more and more questions about it. Um, and I reached out to the art, the articles, uh, the journalist behind the article on Twitter, and she hasn't responded to me. Just, you know, when they say counseling services, what exactly does that mean? Um, because that's a good question. Well, because like we've, I've known, I know, know a form Mormon family who, I mean, they totally rejected one of their daughters when she came out as gay. So what type, like, are, th- are they counseling these kids? who let's say worst case scenario, their family totally rejects them. Is the counseling in such to make them a whole human being? Right. Let me just including a sexual being, or is it counseling to make them conform to the Mormon church? Because those are two totally different things. 
I think that's a good question. And I've been kind of combing through their website. And I think there has to be a spiritual element to what they do just to serve the population that they have there. Right. Um, but I mean, it looks like they participate in P flag. Um, they had a, that's good. Something on their schedule, uh, shame-free sexuality. Oh, that's um, great. You did more research yeah. than I did. And they have, um, transgender, uh, friendship circle meetings and bisexual friendship circle meetings. Um, that sound kind of like support groups. Um, so I don't, I don't know that this is trying to, you know, it has that subversive religious element to it that I think we're all a little weary of. It, it could very well be legit um, trying to provide services, you know, to families and of gay kids and et cetera, you know? Uh, let me just, uh, let me clarify here. So, so this woman is Mormon, right? Mm-hmm. But she's doing it independent of the Mormon church. Correct. Correct. So she's, she's like, okay, I, hold I on. Think she, so she's like turning her baseball cap around and sitting backward on a chair. And she's like, Hey, let's rap. I want to like get the, get the gay kids, uh, like cool with the Mormon church. Is that? No, I think, no? I think what happened, at least my interpretation of the article is she saw a divide in her church where where it comes to a you know how they treat the gay community and she wanted to build a bridge between the church and while while fostering a safe space for gay youth like she from what i gathered from the article she doesn't want to reject the mormon church she just wants to show she wants to give a helping hand to those uh, people within the church who might uh, not be supportive of the gay community and might reject. So she's the Harriet Tubman of the gay Mormons. Is that what you're saying? Uh, No, I think what she's trying to do is provide that the support for parents and families, as well as the gay community and foster some sort of understanding between the two, these two entities, right? Mormonism. And my, I, I my don't think concern it's nefarious. Was, yeah. My concern is why was bef- uh, before Regina did the research that I did not do this morning was <laughs> what if they were part of that Christian group? That's like, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin where we, we love you. We just don't want you to do the gay stuff that makes you, you, you know, yeah, I'm like getting um, the impression totally, this like, is that totally thing. You totally get married. Just get married to your op- the opposite gender. You know, like, dude, if I were if I were a Jew in Nazi Germany, and a German said, "Hey, I'm cool with you," you know, like killing the what I, what, I don't know what they. I'm whatever. cool with you killing Christ. Is that what you're trying? Yeah, to say? yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, <laughs> you can still come to my house and I'm going to help you out. Cause that's like the, the human thing to do. I would say, you know what? I would rather shoot myself in the head. I'm not going to do that. I don't, this is suspicious to me. I don't, I don't think this is a good idea for anybody. Regina, Regina changed my mind. I think it could be a very good thing for that community. Really? Yeah. Ooh. If there, if there's no other, if there's no other, 
a support group around this this community for LGBTQ youth, I, then I think you know it could be the only resource they have because not every town well, has I a resource. Well, I think it's healthy to embrace um, the Mormon families, and just because a kid is gay doesn't mean they're automatically going to reject the fact that they're Mormon and and move away from that. So it's how do you, they find empathy and understanding and peace within somewhat conflicting things, right? Both for the family and um, for their gay family member. And I think we've talked about this before. Coming out is a process, not just for um, the gay individual. And I'm using that term just so I don't have to rattle off all the other ones, um, but also for their family and friends. Well, it's a process. It's not something it should involve everyone. So I think it's great if there's a place like that um, to provide support to families and, and to, to these kids, you know, except in that context, I, I would want for, and okay. So, so I should say, first of all, that I may, I'm not the most qualified person to comment on this, obviously, because I am neither Mormon nor gay, but I would think from an objective standpoint that the best dynamic would be someone who was part of the Mormon church. So understands the mechanics of it. Um, who is also, uh, LGBT to they do whatever have people within the most, the, the people within the actual, uh, the the space they are gay they do have lgbt people because that was one of the questions like hey if you're not gay um you know but this woman who runs it is that is neither homosexual nor i mean she is mormon she's not homosexual right no she's not she's not gay she doesn't have any gay kids she is mormon but some of the other the people in leadership position within this facility they are members of the lgbtq community i i think that the I don't know. It's it's her idea. She started this whole thing, which is why she's the leader of it, right? So it just seems suspicious to me. Like I I don't know that I would I would let my guard down for something like that if I were in that position, which I am not. So And I can and I can see that and I think that's, you know, that's smart. I think it's a trap. I, at first, I thought this might be like a crisis pregnancy center, and now I think it might not be. Uh, actually, now I think... Are we going to talk no, about those? Because I can't wait. <laughs> actually, we're running out of time. Oh, so, God damn it. So I was going to see if Regina had any final words on it. We're going to give Regina well, the last um, word. Yeah, I kind of went deep. So I wanted to see what their counseling services were based off of, and they did reference two things. So now I need to know what those two things are before I'm going to put my stamp of approval on in circle, but, um, I, you know, I hope it's not some, um, you know, gay conversion attempt. Um, and then it's legitimate services. Um, if otherwise it would just feel like a giant step back in time. So we'll see. I'll let you, I'll report back next week <laughs> on my research. Well, are you guys ready for a palate cleanser? I'm going to bring back the palate cleanser. And notice we did not talk about, you know, who at all or any of the, uh, the uh, shit that happened last week. So we're going to be your, your refuge, not refuge. Refuge is like trash, isn't it? Refuge. Well, I mean, refuse. it can also be like a sanctuary. Okay. No, that's ref- yeah. refuse and refuge, right? 
They're too huge. <laughs> We're going to be it's the sanctuary. Refuse. We're going to be the sanctuary, not the refuse. Um, okay. Uh, so we know in California there's wildfires. So that's I mean, it's a firestorm over there. Lot, lots and lots of shit going down. Odin the dog protects his goats during the Sonoma fire and takes in baby deer too. At 10.30 p.m., Roland at Timbo Hendel smelled the smoke from the tub's fire that would go on to devastate much of the city of Santa Rosa, California. Hendel surveyed the property by ATV but saw nothing. By 10.55, the sky had turned orange and he told his daughter to get ready to leave. Fifteen minutes later, they saw the first of the flames across the valley. They quickly gathered up the dogs and cat into the car, but Odin, their, quote, stubborn and fearless, goat-guarding great Pyrenees refused to leave Pyrenees. His, Pyrenees refused to leave his charges. Quote, even under the best of circumstances, it is nearly impossible to separate Odin from his from the goats after nightfall when he takes over the close the close watch from his sister Tessa. I made a decision to leave him, and I doubt I could have made him come with us if I tried. We got out with our lives and what was in our pockets, recounts Hindle in a Facebook post. Cars behind us on Mark West Springs Road were pouring flames out of the windows as they roared down the road. Later that morning, when we had outrun the fires, I cried, sure that I had sentenced Odin to death, along with our precious, our precious family of bottle-raised goats. As soon as they could return, they sneaked past evacuation roadblocks to find a smoldering wasteland of forest. Every structure was gone. But among the charred ruins, Odin and the goats appeared, and a few baby deer that Odin had adopted during the ordeal as well. Quote, eight goats came running to see us and get cuddles and, dick and kisses. Dixon has a burn on his back the size of a nickel. Other than that, they are perfectly fine. Odin's fur is burned and his whiskers melted. He is limping on his right leg. And he was adopted and, ha and he has adopted several baby deer who huddle around him for safety and water from their trough, which is miraculously intact and full of rel relatively clean water. In the ensuing days, Hindle has managed to sneak back into the evacuated area and get the goats out. They're all resting comfortably at a shelter barn, and Odin has been given a clean bill of health by the vet. The family set up a fundraising page and has already raised enough to rebuild their pump, their pump house and filtration system, build a new barn, and repair the fence around the perimeter of the property. As for the deer, they left them with a two-week supply of food and water. Uh, Hino writes, quote, with this in mind, we have decided that on going forward for every dollar we receive, 50 cents will go towards a replacement trailer for Odin and Tessa's goats, and 50 cents will go to the Sonoma County Wildlife Rescue Center. So, um, yeah. Isn't that sweet? Can we... Yes, it's very sweet. Can we go backward um, to the bit where the people leave? What what were the conditions? <laughs> uh, it was. Uh, have you seen any of the video? Uh, it was no. scary. It was like, I mean, it was, it wasn't just like a wildfire. It was like a fire fucking storm. Okay. Where, so, um, so the people leave their dog and their goats and shit. Yes. Right? Okay. For what they reason? Have a choice. Because of the fire the storm? Fire, the fire spread very fast. Okay. And um, then they said, we're getting the fuck out of here. So they got We're leaving they our a, dog they had a, they had and our goats. Of, they had a lot of animals, and they said they couldn't. They couldn't. Uh, Did they take any of the animals? Yes, they. They yeah, they got all the dogs and the cat in the car, but but Odin. They left Odin behind because they said that Odin Odin would not leave the goats, and they couldn't take all of them. So it was kind of like a Sophie's Choice situation. Okay, well, <clears throat> you're. I, I'm. I'm assuming that Megan would die with the goats. <laughs> 
I would probably just fucking shoot myself in the face. You know, like, I, I know that this is, I have not been in this situation, but. Let me stop you there. I'm just kidding. Do it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, stop me there. Go on. No, I'm I was just saying, it. I was just making a joke, you know, what you're saying. I know I've never been in this situation before. It's, like <laughs> it's best to stop. I know. There. It sounds totally <laughs> illegitimate. I have no goats. I live in Appalachia, and I know that you think that that's probably inconceivable. But I do have no goats. I do have two dogs. And if I thought that I was leaving either one of those dogs in a situation where they would probably die, I would not do it. I think, see, what I can, I I, I take this more like a situation where your house is on fire, you have three of your cats, and you can't find the other cat. What do you do? And it's, I think most people, a reasonable person would take the cats and get the fuck out and leave and the you one cat and hope the other cat makes it. Thank your cats on the ass and tell them to get out. You don't leave the one. Like, replace it I with children. I think you have to leave. I think you have to leave nope. the one. Nope. Regina, no. step in, please. Tell those, those <laughs> cats to get the fuck out and you are looking for the other cat. Well, I, from God, what I understand, a lot it. of people had to flee like within yeah. minutes, right? This is supposed to be our palate cleanser, Megan. I'm sorry. I'm going to turn this into a negative. You should have known that I was going to do this. Regina, continue. Sorry. Okay. I have to be honest. Um, during the palate cleanser, I was researching this. Um, <laughs> In circle? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, now I'm, yeah, now I have some very legitimate concerns that perhaps this is like, are definitely not standard like clinical therapeutic practice oh you're talking about in circle still mm-hmm. okay can you say that for next week <laughs> yeah because we need principles we- and practices for mental health professionals helping latter-day saints respond to same-sex attraction now i've skimmed this whole document and it's a little alarming okay. so did yeah, we already I've- know that or we're going back to the mormon thing yeah, well, I mean, what we made some assumptions, but I wanted I wanted to know. I so. made truthful assumptions because that's the only kind of assumption that I make. Well, damn it, you were right. So there you go. <laughs> yes. How do you like that? <laughs> I like it just fine because I'm used to it. Maybe that that could be why that the uh, journalist uh, did not get back to me on Twitter because she could be like that journalist that was on NPR when they were talking. Megan and I talked a little bit about those crisis pregnancy centers because. Uh, a couple of, I think a month or two ago, uh, NPR ran this story on on the air about, uh, you know, the threat to take away Planned Parenthood's funding, how it would negatively affect crisis pregnancy centers. And in doing so, they falsely represented crisis pregnancy centers, like what they're all about. Um, and the journalist that was involved in that story herself has made... Uh, Statements that one could assume that she was uh, anti-choice. And so there was a whole ethical question there, too. So I was thinking that perhaps that this journalist in this story might fall under a similar vein. I don't know. I had my suspicions. Wouldn't it be lovely if the world were a nice place to live, but it isn't. Back to the dog story. Regina, you're a dog person. Yeah. Go. Dogs are awesome. 
Good job, Obi. Regina. <laughs> Way Regina, to go. If I like goats house, too. If your so. house is burning down <laughs> and you couldn't save all of your animals, would you leave one of them behind and save the rest? Nope. I mean, this is. <sighs> it's not complicated, Regina. Don't say that. If the well, house I have is... a doggy door, so they're just going to run outside. I mean, there's. But I would but, save but what I could save. I mean, you do what you fire. can. You do your best. You can't always. What you would burn up, Megan? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I would send the other dogs along, and then I would say, "I got. It. I'm Satan, calling your bluff." Satan, come Megan. for me. May you be the first one out the door. Nah. You'd say, "Fuck, fuck all to those goddamn mean? dogs." <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> You're like you're no, like, Megan would totally try and save her animals. Megan's like Megan's like that gun owner that says, "Oh, if there was a shooting, I'd run in with my Colt forty four and I'd take the bad guy down." And then the oh, second there's God. a shooting, they're the first one running away. No. Colt forty four. About forty five. Forty five. I own a gun and wouldn't. I own plenty of razors though. And you, yeah, and you cut your clip with them. <laughs> no, that was a pair of paper scissors. If you want to go there. Oh my god. Okay. I know, which is worse because it's like duller than razor. So oh, <laughs> we've come full circle. We we really have. Uh no, 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 no. I would not. I would not leave my fucking dog. I wouldn't leave one dog. I mean what if you had, had two? If it was like the one dog or all the dogs, you would, no. you would, you would sacrifice all the dogs instead of that no, one no, dog. No, you send the other dogs away, but you don't leave but, anybody but behind. If you're sending the dogs away, you could you could be very well be sending them to their own deaths if they're freaked out and there's a fire everywhere and you're like, nah. dogs, shoo, let me get this one dog and then the stupid no, no, no. dog runs if right have, into the fire. If they have autonomy, like if they're not trapped in a space, they're going to get the fuck away. Just like horses, like if a tornado is fucking coming, you let the horses out of the barn, the horses are going to be okay. Dogs are the same way. Then, but that, that, then what you're saying is exactly what they did to Odin. They they set Odin no! up. No! Odin wasn't trapped in the... They just didn't get him. Except they knew that he was, like, tied to the goats. He wasn't and I don't tied know to goats the goats? Do. Guys, guys, the goat guys, guys. Obviously, he was tied to the goats. Oh, obviously, he knew what the fuck to do, because just like those horses that you, that you talked about but in the tornado... But they didn't know that he knew what to do. But they he, learned. He wasn't tied to the goat. He wasn't tied. They, he was the goat hoarder, or herder, not hoarder, herder. <laughs> that was his job. He just yeah. collected all the goats. And yeah. he was doing his job, and it sounds like they didn't have time to try and force him into the car. Yes. And they further I'm said that they would they, they couldn't even be successful if they tried because Odin was very stubborn, especially when it came to his job and the goats. His Okay, did they know that that was his job? Yes. Like, that's okay, so he arm. was a goat herder. Yes. Then. And so okay. He's a great Pyrenees, so yeah, that's his job. All right, great. So they should have known then that Odin was not going to leave those goats. So they, they are fucking terrible. 
No, listen, They're here's what I think animal. they did wrong. If you have animals and you know that wildfires are a possibility, it's in and around you, you load up your animals and you get prepared to get the fuck out. They did. You know, they you don't that. wait till the last minute. I don't think they waited hey, to the last minute. I think it just it spread faster than they anticipated because they did gra- gather up all the other animals. How does it faster than you anticipated? It is a wildfire. You know it's going to be fast. Everyone knows it's fast. So yep. if you, I knew it was fast. Act and days in advance. Kentucky. What I hear is a lot of victim shaming, and I'm not comfortable with that. Oh come so on! We're uh, going to wrap the show up. Enjoy the song. Yeah. Uh, what is the song? <laughs> I gotta be so bad. And so the song Classics Die Young by Roadkill Ghost Choir. And we will be back next week. Okay, bye guys. Have a great week. Bye. Yeah, have a fucking fantastic week. Do it to it. Hallelujah, was from the past. Living in the future, though we never had a grace. Stuck inside the silence with the air deep in my lungs. We can all Yeah.